Welcome to Space Castle. It is your clubhouse and hours for all things nerdy. I'm DT and I'm still alive. I'm Alex and I'm glad you're still alive. I'm Seth and I'm on the fence. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a minute since I've been able to play D&D. I moved to Colorado about a year ago and uh, I'm missing it a lot, actually. And that's got me thinking about the good old days and the good times I've had playing it, both with you guys and other parties. And that in turn has gotten me thinking about like my favorite character I ever created and played. So I was thinking in today's episode, we can talk about just that, our favorite D&D characters that we've ever created. I like that. Yeah, I'm with you on the party splitting up. It's rough. I haven't played D&D since I played with you guys last, I think. And yeah, and it's it's hard. I'm just sitting there. I, every time I open my drawers in my desk at home in the office, I just see my dice in my player's handbook and I just... I get a little sad, <laughs> but it makes me happy to remember the best characters. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you kick us off? My mine is in a, in a campaign that was DM by you, you know the one and only Seth, and uh, he was <laughs> <laughs> he put something together for us uh, in a campaign called Of Stone and Secrets, and my character, if you recall, was kind of like the most annoying one in the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I vaguely remember this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a it was a wizard. I just wanted to play because what you do, I haven't played too many campaigns. I got into D&D really late. And uh, because of that, I, I played the sort of straight shooter uh, roles early on. So my my race and class that I've picked are, have been pretty typical, like newbie. Human paladin type stuff. Yeah. You know, I played I played a uh, half elf um Duelist was my first character ever. Um, I played. Oh, Silas. Yeah, yeah Silas. Yeah, him. yeah. You were in that campaign yeah. too. And then uh, I <laughs> yeah. did, which was great. I loved that. We we um, we did Storm King's Thunder. That was a blast. And then um, the my favorite though was was Malachi Knox, who was a wizard. And Malachi was uh, <laughs> just kind of like true chaotic neutral. Like he was. Uh, everybody okay people say true neutral for neutral neutral characters but my character was proper chaotic neutral like <laughs> literally anything that could yes. possibly go wrong could go wrong and i was it was a full glass cannon so like if you if you follow tv tropes which if you if you don't know what tv tropes is you could spend probably like a day or two or a week or two on tv tropes just reading because it's fascinating to see how we form the sort of narrative ecosystem of uh fantasy and fiction in general but uh yeah he's a glass cannon which means he's very weak uh as far as constitution goes but had very high intelligence and all of the the things that are important for wizardry like spell casting modifiers were way up there so he was just very powerful for a very short period of time until he was basically dead <laughs> but i tried to play him it was the first time that i tried to explore role playing a little bit not in the like, I'm making a funny voice way, but in the way that I'm like trying to stay true to the character. Mm -hmm. And like, what what would what would this crazy dude who had just lost his memory do? Which is how I played 
Malachi. So I just kind of walked through. I think I enticed a bugbear to attack the entire party um, at one point. I think you enticed me to attack you too. Yeah, yeah. You attacked me at one point. <laughs> we were running through the woods and, and and you attacked me. I think you were playing a dwarf character in our in that campaign. Yep, and yep. named Dwarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I enticed, I enticed DT to attack me at one point because I was just being such a like, a crazy wizard guy which was which was so much fun you guys were in, in progress of being captured and taken to to an enemy base and you guys just started like kind of antagonizing each other and you were already <laughs> kind of on the fence about it like your friendship before that and i looked at brian who was the only other person in the campaign and he like looked at me he's like are these guys like arguing as we're being captured and i was like i, I was you know what i'm just gonna let this play out like i don't we'll see if somebody dies like you guys are level three at this point like who knows and wasn't and wasn't he wasn't brian playing the bard i don't yeah yeah he, he was, was playing the worst bard Brellas the bard i mean yes. it was all it was all smooth jazz and yakety sacks so yeah. there was nothing inspirational about about that guy yeah, i think i think he failed like every opportunity that he had to try and help it was he he ended up dying unfortunately poor guy yeah he did he did he bit the dust yeah he was he was my first uh my first player character death you'd first dm proper slaughter yeah yeah, yeah. i, I well, that we was... narrowly escaped TPK like three or four times in that first campaign. <laughs> yeah, we were not we, good. <laughs> you guys almost TPK'd in session one. Yep. Yeah. First time. And with the bandits, there were band. Of course, there are always bandits in your like early on, early on campaigns, and and yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we were trying to escape prison, and we had to fight a bugbear, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And like we almost got fucking yeah. wiped out with a bugbear. Yeah. I, I had started your guys completely from from prison so like campaign session zero started in a prison and you guys had to kind of escape and you like we played through that escape in three sessions and fully in two of them you almost died yeah <laughs> yeah seth had crafted some crazy awesome thing where we just didn't know what what we were doing and we had, mm -hmm. had no memory of anything so we couldn't like get context of our situation we just had to try to break free and it didn't help that that alex your character uh, Malachi also didn't have any like uh, contextual memory of his own so he didn't it was like you guys as a group didn't really know what to do and then also Malachi barely knew how to function as a person right yeah so in, 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 we were playing fifth edition which I think is important but um, so I yeah. couldn't like check Arcana and know <laughs> know things about what I knew because I didn't know things so yeah, it was very fun I was a proper glass cannon which was just a fully big wild card in a for a party of three is very difficult so i commend you seth on being able to dm that and <laughs> dt for your your patience uh when you didn't try to kill me <laughs> which was infrequent but yeah uh fun yeah fun little bit of trivia um that campaign was played in the like the clubhouse above the gym in alex's apartment complex at the time and because it was up in almost like a loft area overlooking the rest of like the clubhouse and office we just call, started calling it the Space Castle. So when it came time to name this podcast, really, let's call it the fucking Space Castle. So yeah, that's the origin story, really. There it is. Yeah, yeah it was basically a conference table surrounded by windows overlooking like a gym and a courtyard and stuff with like dope dimmable lights on multi levels yeah. and shit. So it was like ambiance and all kinds of all kinds of shit. It was great. We used the TV yeah. for visual aids a couple of times too, I think, which was great. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome for, for all kinds of events, but yeah, that's where space castle came from. That's good call out. I, yeah. I, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that talking about this campaign. Yeah, I was man. just thinking about the character. <laughs> DT, yeah. DT, tell us about your character. Okay, so my character was named Darug. It was D-A-R-U with an umlaut G. He was a half-orc barbarian, and he followed the path of the totem warrior, which I believe I start out with bear or maybe wolf. No, it was wolf because I was a, a pack leader. So uh, anytime I would rage, everybody else in the party would get like a bonus. Um, we were playing Storm King's Thunder, and uh, one of our good friends, Alex Dudley, was the DM, and he was just masterful. It was insane. This campaign went on for like a year and a half, but it was so much fun from beginning to end. It was great. But uh, yeah, he was a half-orc barbarian, um, typically wielded a great axe, uh, just no nonsense, heavy drinker, like we'll pick any fight, we'll finish any fight, that type of motherfucker. Uh, what was unique about, uh, about Darug was the fact that um, we were playing Storm King's Thunder, and uh, we get to the point where you're, if you're familiar with the campaign, you get to Golden Fields, and Golden Fields is invaded and attacked by hill giants. <laughs> so we had spent the day wandering back and forth across Golden Fields, which is like this big circular town, uh, basically trying to scope out the brewery. And they wouldn't let us in, so we broke in anyway. And we just <laughs> we, we jumped right into the fucking like brewing vats. It was hilarious. But like I said, that night, the uh, the Hill Giants attacked. And it was a terrible fight. Uh, I think somebody died. <laughs> but uh, Darug, played by me, comes running out to try and save somebody else who's like, in the process of being killed by a Hill Giant. As a result of that heroic action, Daruk got one of his legs completely smashed off with a boulder. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> so I, I survived, though. That's the thing. But I completely lost a leg. So um, somehow we finished the battle and survived. And I think it was probably our ranger who was, like, uber powerful. Just knew what she was doing, like, knew all the spells and shit and, and drove him off with, I think, lightning. And there's me, Daruk, who is uh, being wheeled around with uh, like a wheelbarrow because I can't carry myself around it any, at all. <laughs> and the next morning, uh, the town gathers to like convene and talk about what happened. And like the he wasn't quite the mayor. He was more like a magistrate or whatever. Horrible, sycophantic loser, like a complete coward. He starts trying to take credit for uh, driving the hill giants back with like his troops and whatnot. And me, who's completely pissed off about having played a pivotal role of actually driving them back and losing a leg in the process... I look at Alex, our DM, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to kill him. And Alex is like, you have no leg and you're in a wheelbarrow. How are you going to kill him? I was like, I take out one of my daggers and I throw it at him in anger. And he's like, all right, dude, roll. <laughs> and, uh, oh, fine. And I fucking rolled a 20 and I killed him instantly with a dagger to the forehead. And that was like, that's how the legend of Darug started. So the next session, uh, Darug is obviously pretty fucked up. Uh, our DM brilliantly devised this uh, kind of like a mini game scenario where we had to go and find uh, like a gnomish wizard slash blacksmith. We had to go in search of him because we had heard rumors that he had the ability to make me a prosthetic leg. It's like, cool, let's let's go and do that. So like the first like quarter of the next session was us tracking down this guy and getting into his lab and sitting down. And the, the, the guy is like, yeah, OK, I can I can replace your legs. And I'm like, I just need the one. And he's like, nope, no, you got to lose. You got to lose both legs. I look at Alex, our DM, and I'm like, what are you about to do? And he's like, roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> so we played this mini game where I had to uh, roll uh, for like checks and saves to see if I survived every step of a procedure to have both of my legs removed got and have like steam powered uh, replacement legs like like bonded onto my body like fucking Darth Vader style. And it was successful, just barely. But from that point on, I had steam powered legs, which ran out of water. So what was cool about it, and again, this is totally fucking homebrew nonsense, but it was so much fun, and our DM was so smart about it. Um, 
I was encumbered, so I couldn't leap or climb unless I like revved up the legs as if they were like steam powered like engines. And from that <laughs> point on, I could either like charge forward with like extra movement and extra speed and extra damage on attacks, or I could leap and get up like small cliffs and stuff without having to use a rope, which was really cool. And I did my best not to abuse it because it ended up being uber powerful. But there was a couple of key moments where it was really, really great. Where like uh, we went back to uh, kill the hill giant leader, Gah, who's like uh, this giant, yes. just massive blob of a hill giant, like Jabba the Hutt times five. And uh, it was a long fought battle where we're fighting her, like her hordes of hill giants. And we get to her and I get my revenge by literally revving up my steam engine legs and charging through Straight her. Straight through Gah. And, oh and literally God. punching a hole and splitting her in half. It was awesome. We're all dinking around trying to kill the lieutenants and the 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 mooks that are like running around and dt's like i'm after god rev <laughs> i got my fucking revenge man it was but amazing. dude i love playing that character so much it was so much fun just to role play because like i said he was a heavy drinker fucking crazy barbarian like would pick any fight would finish any fight just no nonsense but also super loyal and like obviously drunk much of the time uh, it was great fun. And uh, I actually got a Hero Forge figure made of him because I enjoyed him so much. And I got Heck like yeah. the high quality print one too. And I've still got it, which is fantastic. But yes. that campaign was amazing. And that was that was by far my favorite character I've played. And I got to play him for like a year and a half, which was amazing. Oh, rad. Yeah. Yeah, the timeline helps there. Timeline, I think the longer you stay with a character, the more you kind of grow to love them. Yeah. You can change them and manipulate them a little bit. But like you had a great start though with Darug. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the 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 ability to kind of like manipulate that with the loss of a leg just like really made <laughs> it amazing. Uh huh. Yeah, dude, hell yeah! Steam powered legs is the kind of homebrew nonsense I'm fucking here for. Exactly, man. Like D and D supposed to be fun. Like I I'm fine with some game breaking stuff as long as both the DM and the player agree that it's not going to be game breaking. It's there yeah. for fun and enhancing the the story and whatnot, and just. The best DM and the best players both have that unspoken agreement where everybody's there, everybody's equal, everybody's there to have a good time, nobody steals the show, nobody tries to break the game deliberately. And once you get that balance, it's it's fucking great. Which is why I like playing with close friends best of all, because there's that level of trust and comfort and understanding there. So Yeah, that that I mean, that's my favorite thing about when I look at the character sheet, that's why Malachi sticks out to me for my favorite character that I've played, because if, if you look at my original character sheet, even for Silas, which I I played in that very same campaign with the Rude. Mm-hmm. It was very straightforward. I'm like worried about my all of my stats and what I have in my inventory. But then you look at my character sheet for Malachi and it's like my uh, written in scrawl across the, the page is like I have I found frayed rope and two two sets of snazzy gray robes. And that was it. <laughs> that, those were the things that were most important to my character. I just try to embrace it as much as I could. Uh, awesome. I want a point point of clarification. You stole those gray robes. <laughs> oh, I, did. Of I did. Hey, but they were cult uh, members. Okay, true. they were. They were. <laughs> yeah. they, we were. We were imprisoned by them, and they were cultish. And uh, I firebolted some of them. I just they got they got wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm working on getting that campaign up and running again. Now that we're all living in different states again, it, cool, it's man. good. There's so many mysteries to unfold. Seth, you're typically a DM. Yeah. You're you're typically not the player character. Yeah, my my answer to this question is a little bit not complicated, just different because I've only actually played one character before. Okay. You said uh favorite character you created. So I'm gonna commandeer this to go in two directions. 
No, this is great. This is awesome. We've got a DM's like like perspective from it as well. Because you, as a DM, it's way, it's really fucking intimidating for me. But you literally create the game and run it. So for you to talk about a character you've created that was part of like an integral part of a storyline that you crafted and another player's played, I think that's awesome. Let's go for it. I have only really ran homebrew stuff too, so I don't have a lot of like, um, you know, uh, notable or quote famous characters in any of my campaigns so yet yeah i mean yeah yeah we, we still haven't we've have yet to continue the campaign i was running where dt played rog and you were the uh eldritch knight uh casting witch bolt at everything that moved when when we start our actual play podcast then we'll finally <laughs> uh, there you go. yeah nice. um yeah okay so two things i i've got one as a uh, an npc and then the other is the character that I've been playing now for th- three years. Jesus. Yeah, like three years. Oh, there, there's your character. The Let's hear it. Okay. So first, the my favorite NPC I've created for this world. Um, character's name is Farah Paj. Uh, P-O-Z-S. Um, she is... This is part spoilers for you guys, but she's currently a good guy. Currently aligned with you guys. Um, she's an oath keeper and, uh, as being an oath keeper, she is tasked with providing a like handshake password key kind of situation to your team. As you guys arrived at the place where you, where we ended this campaign, um, sign countersign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this handshake is, um, has real world stuff. So like, you'll have to find figure out the the cipher, break that code, find what that code says in the real world and use that as the tool to figure out the actual second half of the handshake to kind of gain entry. But um, what's really cool is this is a character that also lives in another campaign that I ran initially uh, with, you know, a different set of characters. It's a whole different campaign, but same character. And there's very specific canonical reasons for that. You guys have not figured out yet, but the reason I want to talk about this person is because she didn't always used to be good. She's recently had a change of heart as she's come into this new world where your players reside. But in the first campaign, she was not very nice. And she set up a booby trap that my players fell into, which is the session that is, uh, I think I'm like torn on it's both it's simultaneously the favorite my favorite session i've ever run and also the one i am most guilty about and i think about it a lot (laughs) which is why i want to talk about it elaborate please Um, good sir uh, if if you're a dm and you're not feeling guilty like you're not doing it right (laughs) yeah yeah this one is like borderline (laughs) mean-spirited um basically farah has a house on the edge of town, she the village thinks of her as like the witch, outcast, like she's witch doing her own thing in the cottage. The players don't quite know that. They just know they have to talk to, or they decide to talk to a witch on the edge of town to try and get some information. They go, the cottage is, you know, not locked or anything, but peeping in windows, there's nobody home. They don't see anything. They just see like, you know, a fireplace and a pallet in the corner to sleep on and bottles and plants and all kinds of shit strewn about. Until one of them decides to go in, he climbs in through the window and, um, you know, cut to black. It's black for, for that person now. 
the other two characters, as I say this, okay, I, I tell the character, the one that came, went inside, your vision goes black and we're going to move on to somebody else's turn. And the other two characters are like, hmm, I'm going to follow him. And they both jump in the window immediately. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting decision, but that's fine. Um, Solidarity. It turns out she had booby trapped this cottage that is with a spell um, kind of of my own making. It's a modification of some things, but it is basically it removes all external stimulus from the people who are undergo it. So vision, sound, touch, they can't feel wind. They can't feel the ground they're on. They can't tell what orientation they are. Their balance is gone. They have no like external stimulus. What they do have is the resistance they feel on their muscles. So if they are like up against the wall and they try to move forward, they'll feel like they're, their thigh, their their quad or something like tense up as if it can't move and they can't like, it gets really tense. And so long story short, we played an entire four and a half hours of them stumbling through this cottage with absolutely <laughs> zero external stimulus at all. Uh, and it was hellish for them, but they, they seem to have loved it. They seem to have loved it. Every time I bring it up, I'm like, dude, I feel bad about it because like rough. <laughs> but they fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. And I really, I enjoyed DMing it because it was so fun watching them. I had them like try and act out as best they can. So they like laid on the ground and like sat up underneath tables to like feel what that might feel like on their own muscles to see if that's what they're feeling. It was so good, man. It was great. Wow. Yeah. You got some, some physical interaction. That's rare. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're describing is not what we experienced, but I remember a, a particular session where Alex uh, had, had us like, down in some pit that was very similar where there was some magical force where we didn't we weren't able to see hear or feel anything and there was uh well it turned out spoilers was a gelatinous cube uh, in there and we (laughs) narrowly escaped because i think darug threw me and like curtis's character like there was a tiefling and 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 dt like threw me and i like wedged myself in like a tunnel that was that we fell through and then <laughs> yeah. put a rope down and then we like roped our way out of it and there was somebody that was down there that nearly died that we barely got out and then were able to like <laughs> like cast spells down into this pit and kill the cube but we all nearly died and it was because of that kind of thing like you can't it's one of those situations where you can't just like Oh, I'm blind. I'm going to put my left hand on the wall and walk forward until I'm get through this maze. I love that kind of stuff. We uh we very nearly died many times and uh, <laughs> so many multiple times. people <laughs> did die in that campaign and had to really reroll characters to keep staying and playing in the campaign. Uh Darug actually made it to the end. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> but uh it got to a point where Alex Studley, our good friend, you know, bless his heart. He was almost kind of taking joy and pride in finding ways to kill us. And it was one amazing session. It was literally on his birthday. And we're like, you know, we're all going to die tonight, right? Like, we're all looking around the table like, we're going to fucking die. Like, he's going to give himself this birthday present of fucking (laughs) kills joy. And and sure enough, one of us gets killed. And as soon as that person rolls their, their last death save and doesn't make it and dies... We all just break into like the most sad and monotone version of happy birthday ever. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Yeah, he's a musician too, so he appreciates the minor the minor key happy birthday. That's wonderful. Uh, it was a great campaign. And see see, when we're talking about this, I just think about how 
I had very vanilla characters in my first two runs and then Malachi was like a little bit more flavorful. And now I don't want to make any characters that are like basic anymore. Yeah, like, I, and, and I see memes of this all the time where on one end it's like, oh, here's Mrs. Doubtfire. And on the other hand, here's an old lady who's like got a watermelon in one hand and a shotgun in the other. <laughs> and she's wearing like a the like <laughs> banana pineapple hat. And combat boots, like that's what I want. Like, Absolutely, I want to move, dude. Like that. What for you guys? What What's the character that you want to play next? This is actually a really good segue into the character that I am playing now. Perfect. Yeah. Having DM'd, and I've I had played in a couple of one offs, so I like I've had characters before, right? But like, um, we were sitting down. A buddy of mine was was starting a campaign, um, Dragon's Horde, and we're like, he's it's gonna be a big boy campaign. Like, let's sit down and do a proper session zero, make characters, get the backstories in place, whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to play like some boring character, like, you know, the, the, uh, a, a typical wizard or, you know, the fighter or whatever. Right. I want to play something interesting. So I ended up playing currently still it's ongoing. It's a long campaign playing a character named cadence of ink. And it is a, he, I should say is a black, panther-esque tabaxi monk oh. right on in this world and in i think DD canon the tabaxi you're from a nation called mastica that whole nation was transported to an alien world for a little while and then transported back as a culture now we have this very like defense slash scared sort of orientation where everything could attack us at any point because this alien world was so like aggressive so we're very defensive and and everybody kind of specializes in some sort of defense um my character is an elemental monk and is trying his fucking hardest to become the avatar (laughs) i'm already controlling a handful of elements i'm working on it like a a a black panther avatar is is what i'm aiming for here that is like deeply deeply traumatized um of like yeah it's good and and they're extremely solitary they're extremely secretive so it's it I definitely have to play this like not the kind of characters I normally play. Well, it seems very out of character for you. Yeah, it's it's very interesting and it's super fun because there's so much that it's like, okay, this is not what I would do, but this I think is exactly what Cadence would do. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great. I love that kind of role playing. That decision making is is what I'm what I'm here for. So Seth, answer me this. I have three questions for you now. I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I've got a couple, but I, but I, but I do want to know like the difference between because you DM most of the time, and then you you have your player character, you have your Tabaxi monk. I, I mean, that must be a refreshing experience, first of all. But like, what what is the thing when you're DMing that you notice in a player character that's like, whoa, this is fun, this is new, and it's refreshing, it's a you know exciting, or are you like, are you more hyped to have the like? my first character duelist fighter straightforward <laughs> like no I, please give me more of that i as a dm the thing that i'm most excited about is enthusiasm right if you're playing a fighter and you're just fucking like into it like yeah that's the best character ever like it doesn't matter i think most dms would agree it's not really about the character although sometimes it is sometimes just having an interesting character to deal with is is really really great but it's more about the player behind the player character right sure yeah it's a big surprise if you thought about it that it makes total sense right but 
um, that's kind of it. It's like if you are if you're playing a character that like you if, if you are excited about this aspect of this character, like if you as a player think that it's weird or interesting or unusual or it might be fun, that immediately translates into the DM. We get just as excited, just as interested. And what's cool is I get to discover that. Whereas like you, you're like hyped about this backstory and like this event or this power that you have. And like, awesome that that hype is infectious. But then I also get the excitement of like the adventure of, of discovery. I get to, to learn about this thing or how this plays out or like, okay, if I learn about your character's backstory and it's got like one day you saw your dad putting on his face because he's an alien this whole time. And you're like, what? That's, that's interesting. But <laughs> what's more interesting is I get to see how you deal with that when it comes time to like rescue an immigrant or something like it, it like that is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect balance when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. It's a really good DM that's facilitating a story, but also the players telling the story and telling you the story as well as yeah. you being the DM. So yeah. it's it's give and take. That's what makes for the best sessions. Absolutely. D&D is, is collaborative storytelling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, to answer Alex's question, we're going to come back to uh, what we'd like to play next. Uh, yes. I have never played a magic user. Um, really? Played a, what? Yeah, I know. I've never played a magic user because I, I, I'm somebody who likes to drink beer and whiskey and like smash things and like sometimes murder hobo. They call they call them murder hobo. No. Okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. But uh, I've always been like the tank character or like the the damage output character or the sneaky character or whatnot. But uh, I did play a paladin one time in a recent campaign. Uh, I think in like 2019, 2020, like just before COVID hit. Uh, and the spell management for the paladin was like me dipping my toe into being a summit, like somewhat quasi magic user for the first time. And it wasn't as intimidating as, as I thought it would be. And I think it would be fun just one time to play like a scholarly world traveled, mm-hmm. maybe like a spell sword, just so I can kind of keep that sword in my hand at the same time. Yeah. But just a magic magic user. I think I should try it at least once in my life. So I'm going to add it to the bucket list right now. I fully agree, dude. Magic users are where it's at. Okay, Seth, what do you got? What do you want to do next? Hmm. It depends on the campaign, right? Doesn't it? It totally depends on the campaign. That's that's fair. Yeah, but if you had your druthers, regardless of the campaign, what is what is a, a character type, like a class slash race combo you've never tried that you would actually like to just, just tool around with? I would like to um, play some sort of maker, whether that is a, a dwarf, you know, steel smith or, or something or even artificer some sort of yeah artificer even like a an alchemist would be really interesting that'd be dope um, yeah. i really like the idea of like being able to creatively solve problems is why i love dnd right but like being able to creatively solve problems not just by like looking for the off switch to the the trap or figuring out the the key code combination to a thing but being able to like construct a thing that solves our problem for us it sounds so fucking awesome <laughs> like that sounds so interesting yeah yeah well it really depends on on the type of campaign you're running when i think about it what for me i i want to play I, for the longest time i've wanted to play an arcane trickster because i've never played a rogue mm. oh and yeah. rogues it, it, arcane trickster, trickster is kind of like a spellcasting rogue yeah i always go back to spellcasters i've put, uh, I, I purposefully went away from that for my 
for first two characters and i went more like traditional fighters style because it was more approachable and that i've been told by many dms that it's easier to kind of grasp which was totally accurate yeah <laughs> and even even with fifth edition but when i think about like artificers or i think about some of the things that are that have been put out as far as um you know the maker types i think like it's much more for for e it's much more like you you've got to have a dm that's ready to track ammunition track your inventories like track your mm-hmm. your hp and it's like fifth edition did away with a lot of that which is why so many people are are, are flocking to D. but you know I, when i think about it i'm like i want to play an arcane trickster i want to play somebody that's like a rogue that has those capabilities but also has a little bit of spell casting in there and then other than that i would probably play a, like a ranger or something dnd is great dnd is great it is i need more of it in my life you need both I do too. I wanted. I actually wrote. I wrote a campaign out, and I want to DM. That's my next thing. Alex, what the fuck are we doing with a podcast? You should be DMing <laughs> instead. <laughs> I have it. I, I. 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 I told it. It's. It's done now. It's ready. So okay. I, let's, cool. Let's roll characters. So let's switch to YouTube and Twitch and fucking live stream this shit right now. Yeah. Do you want to start? Let's tonight? get a party together. If you want. No, I don't. Well, I, I have the time now. I'm on vacation, but <laughs> I. I. Need, we need we need a bigger party than two. We need we need uh, maybe three or four. Oh oh, girl, we can find other players. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know I know we can. But let's let's find us let's find the schedule that works for all of us. But I've got one. I got you're gonna you guys are gonna like it. It's fun. We we played very briefly as you did like a paper quest kind of thing in Discord for us a little while ago. That was fucking a blast. Like you need yeah, to be yeah. DMing more. <laughs> that was that was that was Rog. That was DT's DT's uh, dwarf. <laughs> rogue right and then um your eldritch knight i do a lot of dwarf rogues yeah i wonder what that says about you as a person i don't know i'm short and i like to steal shit I don't know. <laughs> you guys you guys killed the shit out of a sea hag that was pretty dude rad. we fucked that sea hag up holy shit i do remember that yeah, yeah, yeah you guys you, you burrowed down into the depths of this prison and found a sea hag in a like gandalf is fighting the balrog in this lake area yeah that, that yeah. you're in there it was dope shit yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fun. You gotta, you gotta run more stuff, man. Run more D and D. No, I've got, I got, I wrote it all out. I wrote it all out. Anyway, all right, we, we, we've run the, run the course of this. Let, <laughs> hold, 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 hold up, hold up. For our listeners out there, r- like, leave a message on Twitter or leave a comment if you're watching us in YouTube, and totally fucking put Alex on the spot and make <laughs> us do a live stream session of D and D. Yeah, where his oh. his first official DM session will be in front of a live studio audience. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, not, not just like Discord. Pa- well, we've paper quested in Discord. That was a little bit more formal. It was like more of a proper campaign that I had written out. But yeah, yeah. I'm ready for it. Let's, let's, let's do it. Go. Keep an eye on that, listeners. I'll have to get my voices down. I'll have to get my voice actor on, but I'm game. Let's let's make it happen. Oh, cool, yeah. man. Hype. I got character. There are characters in there. You should see my you should see my notes. Dude, I you know what? I would love to see your notes. <laughs> D's notes. <laughs> Get on these notes. Got it. Look, okay. I strike that. I've already decided I'm playing a bard and I'm going to be called these notes. (laughs) I'm going to play a wizard who has no memory and drives everybody insane. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. This is is my just desserts. This is my just desserts. It's my comeuppance. (laughs) Sam Raimi's Peter Parker trying to figure out how to do magic with like weird... Like hand <laughs> gestures and like Thumbs go up. go gadget magic. <laughs> oh, uh, go web. Uh, <laughs> fly. <laughs> fly. <laughs> D 
DT, I mean, you've been doing some deep space recon. We need some of that in our life. You know, I've yeah, it's, I I was sick. I was out last week with the flu, but it did that did not stop me from doing some deep space recon. And just doing some general reflection in general. <laughs> and the what I've what I've arrived at, what I've come to is this. Oh. The value of a good barber is so fucking important. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. So I am somebody who's always been relatively content just to go to like sport clips or or someplace and nothing against them. There I I I recently decided that like fuck it, I'm gonna go to like an actual, like legit, like hole in the wall barbershop. Just just go fucking try it out, see if I like it better. So I did, and I went to this place in uh in Denver, Colorado, and uh it was a legit like fucking like hole in the wall place, like being remodeled and shit, like they didn't have the spiral. It did have the spiral outside, yeah. yeah. And it's got like this whole like cast of characters who are like doing people's hair and shit. And I immediately dug the vibe because the vibe is so much different in like an actual like passionate barbershop than it is in like your corporate like haircut salon type place. Um, the people who are there are there because they're really fucking good at what they're doing and they're very passionate about it and they want to make you feel good and they want to have a fun time doing it. It's not like going to like one of the big major chains where it's like, one size fits all, you know, the, the stylists are there because they have to be because they have to kind of cut their teeth or they're not quite good enough to be someplace else. No offense to them, but no, a really good barber and the quality of the haircut you get, and the quality of the service is so much better because if you're not a good stylist and you're trying to get into like a legit barbershop, you're not going to fucking last because they're just going to rip you apart and kick you the fuck out. But I will never go back to another major chain anymore for a haircut because the, the the vibe is so much more different. Yeah, dude. The quality of the haircut is so much different. I The two times I've gone to this barbershop, I've never come home and be like, okay, it looks pretty good. And then taken a shower and then like dried my hair off and like styled my hair and be like, mm. what the fuck is that? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I'm not somebody who gets hung up on that. Like if I get a bad haircut, it's like, all right, fuck it. It's going to grow out. It, it cost me 15 bucks. But I mean, like a barbershop is not that much more expensive. In most cases, it's the same price as your typical run-of-the-mill, like mainstream major chain hair care facility. <laughs> Rolls right <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. You're very careful uh, not to mention any of the clips or Sam's or... <laughs> I did once earlier and I might edit it out, but there's, not, there's nothing wrong with sport clips. I mean, the one that I was going to prior to this one, I believe Peyton Manning goes to and takes his kids. So, I mean, there's something to be said for it. Well, he probably gets paid another $1,200 every time he goes. So Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, I, I'm somebody, I'm not a socially awkward person, but I always get this weird little bit of anxiety because I know going and getting my haircut is going to be awkward. At a barbershop, that's not the fucking case at all. And it's so much fun to just chill and be taken care of and trust the person who's going to make you look good. And they're going to like throw you life stories and you're going to tell them stories. You're just going to have a great fucking time for 35 minutes. And you're gonna look. You're gonna walk out feeling like a champ and looking like a champ too. Like it's just, yeah. it's yeah. fucking life changing. Like I get now why why so many women have like the same stylist for like life. Yeah, like mm-hmm. so many women have that one stylist that they will drive like two hours to go visit and get their hair colored or trimmed up or whatever they need to do because you trust that person and you have a good time doing it. And now that's me. Like I got my guy yeah. now. My my dude Hector. You're my fucking barber for as long as I'm in Colorado now, so you're stuck with me, sir. You're yeah, awesome. Seth has his barber too. But I'm, and you, you, that's the thing is like I, any men that I talk to now, it's like you've got your, you've got your like, your your car person, your mechanic that you go to. You've got your, and then you've got your barber. You know, you've got mm-hmm. all the people. And I, I've never, I'm, I'm in your shoes. I've never. I recently, I finally found somebody that was going to do the same. My wife 
told me, she's like, you've got to go. You're going to go to this salon. And the salon's not going to charge you that much more than the places you've been going to because you're just looking for a haircut. And I know you're, you know, I, I want something simple. So I just want them to like, you know, give me the, the buzz cut on the side and maybe some scissors on the top. Yep. It was amazing. It's the best haircut I've had bar none in like a decade. Hell yeah. yeah. Seth, you've got, I don't have a, so I don't have a proper barber yet. This, the, the, the lady that cut my hair was amazing and I'm going to go back again and maybe she can be my barber. But I know Seth has a barber. Did I have a barber that I have? I'm like borderline in a relationship with this at this point. <laughs> the <laughs> like, cyberpunk barber. Okay. I, uh, yes. I, uh, yeah, I vacationed up to Seattle uh, several years ago. And while I was here, I was like, uh, my girlfriend was like, you need a haircut? Like, we'll just go here. Like, this is a good place. Whatever. You get, you are the, I was the kind of guy that went to fucking sports clips and, great clips and all that before wherever yeah yeah because i didn't give a shit and she was like it's time like get we're gonna go and get like a proper haircut and i went to this place sat down with a dude named nick uh who is single-handedly the best barber in the nation nice. <laughs> he carries the, the whole weight uh not only is he does does he great shit but like he's uh a drummer in a metal band which is dope Covered in tattoos, really cool dude. We chit chat all the fucking time. And since that very first trip, I think in 2016, maybe, maybe 17, doesn't matter. I have gotten my haircut every time I've flown back up here. And I always used to joke, it's like, I will f- spend the fucking $300 on a plane ticket to fly up to Seattle just to get my <laughs> haircut by Nick. But Fuck, now awesome. I live here and I just drive down and get my haircut. Uh, and it was yes. when I told him I moved, he, he kind of stopped and he's like, do we need to have a talk? <laughs> like, he's like, I'm in a relationship already. And I was like, I know I didn't move up because of you. I didn't move up entirely because of you. It's fine. <laughs> this is just a good happenstance. The good barber is, is quite literally like life changing. You are not wrong. Seriously. You, want, you want that. It, I think about it. I think about it a lot because it's like. Back in the day, that was so important because we, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the connectivity. We didn't have, uh, you know, the stretch that we na- we now have. So your your uh, regional community was your community. The yeah. people that were in your town, that were your family and your friends, that was everybody. You didn't really travel all that much unless you were, like, going on a major vacation and that was a big deal. And you really didn't do that unless you were wealthy. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, like, it's like a harken back to it's harkening back to the, the the olden times when like at when, when when i have like a a birthday party when i'm like 60 i want my like the the person that's been handling my finances to be there i want <laughs> i want my i want my barber of 20 years to be there mm-hmm. you know like i want those people dude hell yeah to like be at my 60th birthday party where we're just like hey i've known you for forever and our kids went to school together and whatever like that's that's i'm looking forward to those dude those times where I feel like the Godfather, you know, like I'm in a big Italian family, even though I'm not at all Italian. I cannot <laughs> tell you how fucking awesome it is to walk into a place, say your hellos, sit down, and and have your barber say, "What do you, what do you want? Like, what, what are you feeling?" And just be able to be like, you know what? I don't know, man. Do whatever you feel like. And he's like, mm, "I'm feeling kind of punk rock today." I was like. Fuck yeah! And then you leave, Let's and it's it. the fu- and it's always fucking great. There's nothing that is so gratifying 
I haven't done the beard yet. Have you done the beard? I, I have. Know. I have. I have not had my beard done. No, it's. I, I keep my beard relatively trimmed because I work in an office and I meet with clients pretty frequently. But uh, since I've been sick, I just stopped shaving, and now it's looking a little bit fuller, and I'm kind of digging how it's looking. So I think I'm just gonna let it go for a little while until somebody tells me, "Hey, DT, are you are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like. I'd be like, I'm not okay until I look like Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Seth's got Seth's got the most majestic beard of all of all of us. The the yeah. mustache is 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 there. The beard is there. It's borderline eccentric at this point. We're all shapes and sizes here. We, I mean, like a blonde brunette and a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! We're like a box of Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're a really bad joke waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Not just uh, for our hair color either, but more of a personality. God, Seth is such a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do, do we have an audience question? Please give me an audience. <laughs> we do have an audience question. Yeah. We do have one, man. It's good. This one comes from Maria. Thank you deeply. Thanks, um, Maria. Because I think that this is a very interesting question and actually goes quite well with my DMing um, because I'm stealing your guys' answers. And the question is this. What exactly... Would an inconvenience store sell? <laughs> I have some good answers. Like, uh, right. An inconvenience store would sell things like novelty t-shirts, but one of the sleeves is smaller than the other. <laughs> it's a schmedium. <laughs> like you buy Reese's peanut butter cups, but it, like the taste is a little bit off. Like it's like, <laughs> or something. it's like Ro- it's Ross's peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> it's <like laughs> strawberry pop tarts. But the kind without frosting. Oh. Ugh. If sunglasses that only let in UVA and B. <laughs> Scratchers tickets that are already scratched. <laughs> the doors to all of the soda and Gatorade, they're very sticky. They're like really sticky. <laughs> Inconvenience. <laughs> oh, uh, one of those one of those beer caves, but all it has in it is white claw. <laughs> one of those beer caves, but there's a it's a bear cave. Oh, shit, that would be inconvenient. <laughs> pet food, but not like food for pets, but like like pet food. Uh, oh, what the, oh, what, what no. the fuck? They just now started selling pandemic masks. <laughs> I think an inconvenience store would sell hot ices. Mm. Oh, you're right. <laughs> like you, you, you just like you'd pour, you try to pour your your frozen delicious treat. And it'd just be soup. You hear this uh, steam out of your mug, but it's like blue raspberry. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the soda fountain is nothing but like off-brand stuff like Dr. Safeway or like. <laughs> yeah. And the, the syrup is turned way down. So it's like mostly just carbonated water. <laughs> uh, uh. We sell watered down sodas here. The, all the air fresheners smell like mildew. <laughs> the, uh, they only shit. have mothball air fresheners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, non-adhesive bandages. <laughs> Dude, they only sell bandages except the the adhesive part of the band-aid is not adhesive, but the, the non-stick gauze part of the bandage is adhesive. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> Ouch. That is very inconvenient. Oh. They only sell 8-track. <laughs> that's, that's inconvenient? <laughs> Got got T Swift's new album, but it's on like fifteen different eight track tapes. <laughs> oh, you gotta buy them all. <laughs> they have a very small DVD and Blu-ray section, but it's only copies of Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> I just drove twelve hours from Arizona. This is like 
I, I experienced some of these where they've got the loves with the heart as the apostrophe. And it, when you walk in there, it's like you're in a supermarket. Oh, yeah, dude. Sans produce. So you've got your chargers and electronic station and you've got your like teddy bears. And my daughter's pointing at it going bear. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the inconvenience store only sells teddy horses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah, we're getting out of here right now. <laughs> Grab your water. Let's go. I think an inconvenience store would have a change machine for car wash tokens, but there is no car wash there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it has a change machine that only accepts quarters and also only gives back quarters. <laughs> 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 it has a sick pac-man vintage pinball machine but you can't play it because it's out of order <laughs> yeah fucking we should make a hashtag for this i don't know hashtag inconvenience store do it yeah seth why don't you uh why don't you tell the people where they can find that hashtag and also where they can ask us their own questions yeah hit us uh on twitter at space castle pod look if you already have a spreadsheet that has inconvenience store items on it Email it to us at spacecouncilpodcast at gmail.com because I <laughs> need it. I'm, I'm making a fantasy Costco, but it's all inconvenient shit. Yeah, share it with us so we can just steal it. <laughs> all right, nerds. I think this is the end of the show. All I can, literally all I can do is think about shit inconvenience stores are selling. So I think it's time to leave. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> they sell ding dongs. But only the ding part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Share, share the episode. Tell your friends to hit us up with Inconvenience Store. Or send us your, your first D&D character. I'm, I'm interested to know. If you if you tweet at us with your D&D character, I will likely make it an NPC in one of my campaigns because I'm cool like that. And you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sure to come back and tell you guys about it. <laughs> uh. All right, I'm out. This has been Space Castle, your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. I've been Alex. Uh, I've been DT. I've been your DM and your best friend, Seth. He has been. And always will be. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. (laughs) 